welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160, in Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me as always, it's the only man I trust to inspect my basement, Johnny O. <laughs> What's up? How's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. I would not trust me to <laughs> to to inspect your basement. I quit that job because I hated doing it. <laughs> Reminder to our listeners, that was that was mostly not a sexual innuendo. Mostly not. John actually <laughs> inspected basements. Yes. Yep. Very gross. Crawling yeah. around in the muck and the mold. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing today? Um, I'm doing pretty well. We've, as you can maybe see, the cats are all over the place today, Zach. Oh, and mine too. And speaking of, now that I said that, I actually have some kitten stories here. So, over the last couple of days, my wife Elizabeth and I have found multiple kittens out on the street uh, from the same litter, and and we've uh, taken them into the shelter and. The last one got me scratched up pretty good, so, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was giving it a bath, and it got the better of me. Well, that's sweet of you to look out for them and get them to the shelter. I thought you were yep. going to say you took them into your home. No, no, no. I, I can't do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are behind you. I thought about it, because this one from yesterday was very friendly. Um, The one that like, scratched you? Yes. Well, all the cats are not friendly when you're giving them a bath. <laughs> That's true. We keep um, talking about giving my cats a bath and they've never had a bath before and I'm like, I don't I don't trust that. They're they gonna probably freak don't out. need to. Yeah. And if they're adults, that's gonna be brutal. It's hard enough yeah. giving kittens a bath. Um, how's it going with you? Anything um, fun going on this weekend? Uh, yeah, my good friend Joe Gumbo from the On Wax podcast is taking me to the Colts game again. He brought me to the opener and um, getting to go to this one, too. Nice. I'm really excited the about Rams. that. We do. With apparently no offensive line. Did you see that? Everyone's hurt. Well, I was just about to say I need a really big game out of Zach Moss. So that makes sense <laughs> that the offensive line would be gone to this week. Yeah, don't bet on that. Um, how's the fantasy squad looking? I've seen some better days. I lost in two of my three leagues this past week, and in one of them, um, the worst guy in the league almost dropped 200 on me, because he had, uh, Devon A-Chain. So oh that was like 50 gosh. points right there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Would you I've have won if he only dropped 150 on you? Yes, actually, I passed 150. Wow. That's tough. Yeah, pretty brutal. How's yours? We're one and two over here. Probably taking an L this week. Maybe not. You never know. But Cooper Cup comes back next week, hopefully. That'll be nice. Mike Williams tore his ACL on me. Oh, ouch. That hurts. Yeah. He didn't tear it on me. It hurts more for Mike Williams right, than right, it does right. for me. <laughs> but but it would you know would have been nice. Luckily, I traded him a couple weeks ago. I was sitting there at the draft debating between him and Alvin Kamara, and uh, one of the guys in the league was 
was going to be really, really salty if I took Kamara. He felt like I, I don't know. It was just the way the draft worked out. He thought it was his pick and he picked Kamara and it was actually mine. And I was like debating between him and Mike Williams. And, and sometimes it's just easier to not upset your friends. So I went ahead and picked Mike Williams. And now that's obviously not looking great for me. I'd probably rather have Kamara, but. Way to be a good guy, John. In my league, that would have guaranteed your friend blocked you. <laughs> I know. I know, dude. Oh, man, I should have been a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember uh, that, kids, when you're in a situation. Yeah, when you're in a situation with your friends where you could be a dick. Do it. better to do that, generally. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I actually have some news on the ultimate spider-man some news news um i meant to say it last week and then about 10 minutes after we got off i was like oh crap i forgot to mention that um so jonathan hickman you've you've heard me talk about that guy right i i do remember that name yes yeah he's writing the ultimate invasion series that just wrapped up um it got announced that Starting in January, he's going to be writing Ultimate Spider-Man. They're relaunching it. They're relaunching Ultimate Spider-Man? Now, hold on, John. And it's going to come out, like, right when we finish all of these issues? Perhaps, but hold on, John. It's... So that's the good news. The bad news is it's almost certainly not going to be our Spider-Man. It's probably not going to be Peter Parker... It might not be Miles Morales. We don't really know what to expect of it. It's like they kept saying, oh, the Ultimate Universe is coming back. But then they basically just made a different Ultimate Universe. Instead of 1610, it's like 1660 or something is the the universal designation. And everything's all wonky. Oh, very interesting. Okay. So Hickman kind of has free reign to just invent a spider-man if he wants to but it will be called ultimate spider-man and perhaps it will be following the web-slinging adventures of parker pornell <laughs> uh pat and parnell pat and parnell yeah Ooh, well, i think that's, the f- that's very exciting i think the fans would like that just about as much as they'd like for paul to be the next spider-man Paul from the Beatles? No, (laughs) that's an inside joke for the people who are reading Amazing Spider-Man right now. Oh. I know you don't get it. I don't get it. (laughs) Well, several of our listeners probably do. Great joke, Zach. Yeah. (laughs) The one person who can respond to you has no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't a a joke made for this podcast format. Uh, Ah, that was just for the listeners. Okay. Just for you guys. Paul's going to be Spider-Man. Spider-Paul. I love it. Jonathan Hickman. So, yeah, um, we'll almost certainly still be going in January, although we might be closer to the end. Um, We'll report on it when we have something. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I can't wait. And, you know, the Doctor Who's also getting closer and closer. Ooh, we got a bonus episode for that in the works. The the new trailer just came out for the 60th anniversary specials, and man, it's looking good. It's looking like some classic Doctor Who fun. John, I saw something that made me think of you today. It was a tweet 
there was a still image from the movie School of Rock, and it said uh, Jack Black and Joan Cusack both look like the doctor in this. <laughs> Do you have the... T- can I look? Uh, just imagine <laughs> it. Just imagine how they would have dressed in that movie i i can and i and i i can picture it but i'm gonna google that, those exact words and see if i can figure it out wow i can see it i love it well done <laughs> <laughs> good all right do we have anything else or do we want to do we want to get into the issues let's do it let's get into it every business says they're better But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. And we're back. We're back, and Zach's wife has friends over, so <laughs> if you hear any any giggling or fun having yeah, in the background, any hair braiding just, or pillow I mean, fighting uh, <laughs> is that right. is that what they do when they hang out? I assume so, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't know um all right, John, you said you had a lot to say about these issues. Wow, I have so much. I, well, you might even you might say I have a whole two and a half pages of notes to say about these issues. Wow, I have no frame of reference for how many pages it normally is. <laughs> about two and a half pages, usually. Okay, all right. So you want to get into it? <laughs> yes, I do. But Zach, I just realized my iPad is in the car. Oh no! I'm gonna, wanna... I'm gonna have to go out and get it. Okay. All okay, right. Well, put put a little standby noise on, okay. listeners. I will. Right back. I will freestyle rap for you until John returns. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm gonna miss that. I'm back. He's back. How'd the rap go? Oh my god! You missed some sick verses. <laughs> um, you know, I was thinking in the thirty seconds that took that. Normally, you know, we record these on Thursdays now, so everyone gets to hear our thoughts about the the game that's about to be played, the football game. And instead it was played last night, and if I had any thoughts on it at all, it would be that Luke Musgrave is on my fantasy team, and he did catch one pass for one yard before getting a concussion. Oh, he got a concussion? Tough. (laughs) Man, he's on my taxi squad, so I can't use him this year, but... I you know I might keep him around for next season. So just like Mike Williams, these guys are are getting injured on me. Yeah, because yeah. that's really what it's about is you. I mean, I, it would be nice if they'd like tweet out to me or something and apologize, but probably Give not going to happen. Prior warning that they're yeah, about could to you, get hurt. Yeah, yeah, could you? I'll I'll make a trade like Zach did. <laughs> um. Okay. Are we ready? waiting on you <laughs> um so we've got issue 60 carnage part one exciting zach do you want to you want to give a background on what carnage is or or no he's like venom but red there you go well said this one's written by brian michael bendis it's 
penciled by Mark Bagley. It's inked by Scott Hanna. Isn't Colors that just by... weird to say? I don't like it. Got we'll so see. used to our little trio. We'll see. Um, colors. What what does the inker even do? Because the penciler draws, the color colors. The inker basically traces. Because a penciler literally is using a pencil. It's not, you know, very dark. Hmm. Okay. So it sounds like it's at least the least important job. I <laughs> I think it's underrated because there is kind of an art to like how thick and dark you want to make your lines and what colors yeah. you're using and shading yeah. and stuff. Like they have yeah. a little bit of creative thick, direct, the, direction. Yeah, the, the thickness and the darkness is key. <laughs> so, and letters, oh, colors by JD Smith, letters by Chris Iliopoulos. So, wow, this is an exciting title page. Carnage is going nuts. Um, and then it's also a very exciting opening page because the lizard is back and the, and it's a full page shot of the lizard in a lab coat and he's leaping and, uh, we see him and Spider-Man in a fight and he's big and purple and Spider-Man is just getting thrown all about the place and he's just kind of trying to talk, talk some sense into Dr. Kurt Connors and we see Connors escape this fight and he runs to his old house where his son is sleeping and he's standing over his son and his son kind of wakes up he's groggy he's like dad what's what's going on and he opens his eyes and he sees that his dad is a huge lizard monster and it looks like Connors kills him and just when that happens, luckily, it was all a nightmare. Dr. Connors wakes up panting. And I, this got me. I was a little bit worried. You thought it really happened? Well, I don't know. I didn't know what to think. <laughs> and Connors calls over to the house. He wakes up panting. He's sweating. And he calls over to the house. And he wants to make sure that his son is okay. And this didn't, like, happen, you know. And he, you know in a blackout state or something and his wife thinks that he's drunk and we find out that there's another man over there poor kurt connors and he looks like he's staying in just the dingiest motel why would he be he should be rich right well he he's rich but his family's living in the house that his money's paying for he can't afford an actual apartment I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's New York. The cost of living is probably high. There you go. That's true. So, meanwhile, Spider-Man is swinging through the city, headed somewhere with, like, a million cops heading there also. And it's pouring rain, and Spider-Man is all wet. And a couple of times this issue, it's noted that Spider-Man's, like, all wet, you know? Surely this is a regular occurrence that he is out Spider-Manning in the rain. I mean, we've seen it a few times. Have we? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we have. Because this this makes it sound like Spider-Man's just woefully unprepared for the elements. You would think with how often he has to, you know, remake his dang suit, 
he would make a waterproof version at some point. Maybe he will after these these couple of issues. That'd be a good idea. If if this was Tony Stark, he would make a waterproof suit. If this were Tony Stark, version one would have been waterproof. <laughs> Have you have you ever seen have you ever read any of those things about like Iron Man in the MCU where like every single time he is like defeated by something or it's always in the next armor he adapts for that yeah and it's not like mentioned or anything but it's just like it's just like there kind of uh, I I don't know I'll tr- I'm trying to think of some examples but I mean. I mean, I know, like, in the first movie, it's a big deal that he realizes, oh, I can't reach certain altitudes because it freezes. And that's, like, part of how he defeats Stain, right? Yeah. And then, and then, like, he falls in the water and gets all cold or something. So then when he makes the suit for Peter, Peter's has, like, you know, Peter's suit has, like, a parachute because his didn't. And then Peter's suit has, like, a heater since you know his didn't eventually and then you know he runs out of energy fighting thanos or he runs out of nanobots in infinity war so then in endgame his suit's no longer nanobots it's like energy anyways you know don't want to know that's cool those are good much, but those yeah are good touches yeah he's a smart guy so let's see where was i oh okay Peter is uh it's pouring rain. Spider-Man's getting all wet. Peter and the cops are heading into Brooklyn. And Peter's like, "Oh man, I usually don't like going into Brooklyn, but this looks serious. And when things look serious, I put on my red and blue underwear." And that's pretty funny. And then there it turns out there's a hostage situation in a museum. And the person holding the hostages yells, Free Nurhaki or blood will f- will will I don't know I'm I mistyped blood fill will do the something streets. fill this fill the streets okay I said f- blood will free the streets but that couldn't be right so who who is who is this guy who is Nurhaki should we know this Zach you're our resident expert here I wish I could tell you I knew who this is but my guess is it's like just some. C list or worse villain of the week yeah okay well the police also don't know who this is because they're like who and the man kind of like repeats himself before smashing the phone and just then we see a dripping wet spider-man show up and this is where i said zach give us the backstory on this guy and it sounds like we we don't know it (laughs) but this is a humongous I don't know. He's a pretty huge looking like mutant guy or something. He's like a porcupine guy. He's like shooting spikes. Yeah, he can. Not only is he like big, but at a certain point, yeah, he's like, it looks like he's like shooting his hand off that has like spikes on it or something. I don't know. But Spidey and this humongous guy begin to to fight. And they smash some of the exhibits because they're in a museum. And we get some great shots of some museum dorks being like, oh, no, the exhibits. And I mean, they are (laughs) fighting like bulls in a china shop. It's like almost comedic because, you know, at every museum, how 90 percent of it is just open floor space to walk around. 
it's like they're specifically hitting the exhibits that are less than 10% of the room. (laughs) Yep. Peter's like picking up stuff and swinging it at him. It's great. And uh, the big guy grabs Spidey by the leg and he's swinging him around and he smashes him into more exhibits before saying, why, why, did I, why did I write this? Before saying the world has been given. Surely I, surely the I emperor missed... has given the signal. Oh, the, will... word, the word has been given. Yeah. Something's going on here where there's like an emperor who like is telling this guy to like destroy stuff or, and that's who maybe he wants to free. And I don't know. There's definitely a backstory to all of this that we just don't get. He seems maybe like vaguely East Asian. I don't know if this guy is like an Iron Fist villain or a Doctor Strange villain or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Yeah. And he shoots his hand with a bunch of claws at Spider-Man. And Spider-Man managed to outman- manages to outmaneuver this guy and webs him in the face and then beats him up with some museum stuff. And... As soon as everything is under control, the cops all rush in. <laughs> and I, I I, just always think that that's so funny. As soon as Spider-Man, like, saves the day, all the cops are like, okay, we're here. And they, they're aiming their guns everywhere. They're about to shoot Spider-Man before the hostages yell at them to stop because he's the one that saved them. And Captain Gian DeWolf asks spider-man what he's doing there and he says he just came for the gift shop a and yeah were you gonna comment on shop a yeah he really said s-h-o-p-p-e i know i (laughs) it's interesting um how do these cops not know that spider-man is a hero at this point it makes me so upset that why do they always have to like point guns at him and be like, get, you know, they know he went in and just saved everybody. I, they I just, probably read the Daily Bugle. Probably. And they're like, what are you doing here? How do you not know what, he, what, what he's doing here at this point? You know, use a little thought. He just said he's here for the gift shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and. Spidey, it turns out, got hurt in the battle. I didn't really see that happen, but apparently he does, and he and he swings away, and he decides to pay a little late-night visit to Dr. Connors in the hope that he can patch him up. And I love this. I wish we saw more of Dr. Connors. I wish we saw more of the Swamp Monster that was in that last episode with Dr. Connors. Man-Thing? Is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, Man-Thing. Love Man-Thing. Yeah. John, I'd let, let Man Thing examine my basement, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He'd probably do a really professional job at it. Yeah, because he's used to all the mold and the muck. He'd know exactly what's going on. John, you have to do yourself a favor. You watch so much bad TV and say you have fun with it. This year around Halloween, watch um, Werewolf by Night. On Disney oh, Plus. Okay. Oh, it's, that, that is Man Thing, isn't it? Yes, he's the monster at the end, and it's actually good. Okay, I will. But don't they're recoloring I, it? Don't watch the colored version. Watch the like black and white version because you 
that's probably the only time you're ever going to get that in like a Marvel property. And it actually works for it. Okay. Well, I'm going to sound like a child here because I tried to watch that show and I just hate black and white things. And I fell asleep. (laughs) Dude, it's only like an hour. I know. And I still fell asleep during it, Zach. Ah, Make a latte. We know you love your lattes. Okay. Well, I'll do that. That'll be a, that'll be a good Halloween special. Yeah. Um, so Connors is back and he tells Peter that he looks and sounds terrible before Peter is like, well, you don't look so great either. And Connor says adult stuff. And then Peter's like, well, Hey, at least you're not a lizard. (laughs) And Connors does not chuckle at all. He does not find that funny. And and he should. He needs to have a better sense of humor about this stuff, I think. <laughs> Come on, dude. You turned yourself into a lizard. It's funny. It is. <laughs> and um, so Peter asks how all the lizard stuff is going. And Connors tells him that he checks his DNA weekly. And the damage has been done. But it's dormant. And he's afraid to try anything to undo it, the damage. Because it, he he might mess up. And lizard out again. So Connors has basically given up on getting better. And we see Peter get all sad looking. And Connors finishing finishes patching Peter up. He gives him a sweatshirt to swing home in. Because Peter is still drenched and cold. And Peter, who's feeling bad, is like, Is there anything I can do to help? And Connors is like, well, unless you have any miracle scientific breakthroughs, to which Peter interrupts him and says, I am a scientific miracle. And Connors says that you are before Peter swings away. And we see Connors alone in his lab. And he takes a look at the cotton swab of blood that he just wiped off of Peter. And we begin to see him examine it before saying, oh, my. And the issue ends. I'm sure that's not foreboding of anything. I know. Exciting. So, gosh. What did you think of this one, Zach? Pretty quick read, I would say. A lot of these have been going quickly because they're only 20 pages now. And the first couple pages are always like, you know, title page. You know, ish. like, yeah. Yeah. What did you think? Um... It was fine. I liked it. I wish I knew who the heck he was fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, That's almost exactly what I said in my notes. I said, poor Dr. Connors. Who was that bad guy? What's going to happen to Connors? Here in my notes already, I hope he doesn't turn into a big bad villain. I really like him as a good guy. You know, I like seeing this this relationship with him and Peter. And we've just seen so many guys use Peter's blood to, like, do weird stuff. I would just like for the, for Connors to be better. So, you we'll know, see. not spoiling anything, but I, I like your odds of that. He does seem different from everyone else who's ever had Peter's blood. Yeah. Um, so, so out of 10 museum exhibits destroyed, (laughs) what do you think this one is? Um, I'm going to say six and a half. There's just not much to, 
fault it for or praise it for you know it's just it just moves the plot forward yeah okay um i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna give this one a seven and a half with the uh some it's gonna take a minus point because why is it called carnage um it's gonna take a plus point because that opening scene with the lizard is cool and um so that's where you get seven and a half well what was the half well i don't know zach you know not everything needs a reason okay (laughs) after you just gave a reason for other stuff (laughs) those those were yeah i think you you baseline start out at a seven and a half (laughs) we minus one for no carnage we added one for the cool scene (laughs) fair enough all right um, do we have anything else to say about that issue? I feel like it was pretty straightforward. It it was it was pretty straightforward. No, I really don't have that much more to say about it. All right. So, getting into issue 61, this is uh Carnage part 2. Let's same, see if Carnage shows up. Yeah, same creative team as before. So, we open on the Parker house before school one morning. Because in the in the title in the the title or I'm sorry, the not the title. What am I? What am I trying to think of? What's on the cover? The cover. Uh, the cover. Yeah. <laughs> What's a picture on the cover called? Oh yeah, it's just called the cover. <laughs> well, the cover of the last one was like carnage in full force. The cover on this one is Spider-Man being like choked and webbed up by carnage tendrils. So I am. I'm kind of starting to feel cheesed a little if there's no carnage. Okay, John, I can explain this. You remember um, maybe 10 or 12 issues ago when they were getting in the habit of uh, putting the wrong title on the title page? And it would be like from the previous month? Yep. What if now they're making these covers and they're just always ahead a month? So it's like... Maybe this issue introduces Carnage, so they had Carnage on the cover of last month's, and then maybe next month, Carnage is going to fight Spider-Man, so they put that on the cover of this month. So you think these are mistakes? No, I really don't. No, I don't think so either. I'm just giving us an explanation that we can pretend is right. Okay. Yeah, I think they're just trying to cheese the audience a little bit. This is... Zach, this is how you did SEO before before the internet. Where the, <laughs> they're like, just label it Carnage, put Carnage fighting Peter on the cover. It'll get people to buy it. To Carnage eventually. And it, what makes it really funny is for like the first 40 issues of this series, he would be doing really cool stuff in the issue, like fighting Doc Ock or Green Goblin. And then the cover would just be of him sitting on a flagpole. Or swinging through the city or something. (laughs) Like, they could have put a really cool fight scene on there, and they weren't. Yeah, that's true. Um, So, anyways, uh, we open on the Parker house before school one morning. Aunt May comes into Peter's room to make sure he's awake from first school. And Peter is still in bed, sweating and groaning. And I think there was even a line in your issue, John, where he said something like, I hope I don't catch a cold from this. Mm Mm-hmm. It seemed to me they were indicating, like, because he was swinging out in the rain that night, 
he now has a cold. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know what? This is a great time for some, for a fun fact, presidential history and Indiana history. And Zach, let's see if you know what I'm going to ask here. Okay. So, do you know what happened to the first and only president from Indiana, William Henry Harrison, and how his presidency came to an end? Listeners, if you want to think about it yourselves, maybe pause before Zach answers. Well, I think you might need to check your facts because Benjamin Harrison is the Hoosier president. You're incorrect. Now we now now we gotta look this up. Benjamin Harrison is the 23rd president of the United States, and born on a farm by the Ohio River below Cincinnati. Okay, but he he lived in Indiana and was known as an Indiana politician. He was like our our um, governor. Oh, and look at that. He's buried in Crown Hill. That's where my grandparents are buried. And his house is two blocks from my work. Okay, Zach. Well, that's not what I said. I said the first and only president from Indiana. Like born in Indiana. Like born in Indiana, William Henry Harrison. Okay. Uh, Yes, I know the thing about William Henry Harrison. What's the thing about it? He gave the (laughs) longest inaugural address ever in like a rainstorm and he got a cold and he ended up dying like a month and a half into his term because he never recovered from the cold and he didn't do any of the stuff that was in his address yep (laughs) pretty uh gosh now i'm trying to see is he from indiana i'm like positive he is fact check us on that one i gotta i gotta know you've gotta know (laughs) i can't not know William Henry Harrison, Indiana. He was the governor of Indiana for 12 years, but he was also not born in Indiana. No, he was, he born, was born in Virginia. Virginia. And he was a senator in Ohio. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking of here. I'm not even seeing that he was the governor of Indiana. Where'd you see that? He was a Indiana territorial governor, William Henry Harrison. Okay, so we weren't even a state. We yet. weren't a state yet. He was the grandfather of Benjamin Harrison. Oh man, that's why politics are just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about any of these guys? <laughs> exactly. Anyways, um, so Peter's sweating and groaning in bed, and Aunt May checks his forehead and says he's burning up and isn't going to school. And she calls for Gwen to ask her to bring home Peter's homework. And May leaves Peter's room and Gwen pops in to ask him if he's really sick or if this is part of his Spider-Man cover. And before he can say anything, he moans twice and Gwen says, oh, dude, you're green. And Peter rolls back over and thinks to himself, guess all the supervillains will have to make do without me today. At least there's no big drama brewing. He said it classic peter you'll never learn so we change scenes to empire state university where we see a security guard for the science building greeting a student by name and he calls him ben riley okay what it what this is a person right this is a spider-man this is a clone 
I oh, know, you know enough. It. I know enough about Spider Man to know that Ben Riley is a clone of Peter Parker, and Ben is from Uncle Ben, and Riley is Aunt May's maiden name, right? I didn't that, know the maiden name part, but yeah, that you go off, King. It sounds and, right. And it's the one who Andy Samberg voices in Across the Spider-Verse, and I yep. have a Funko Pop with his costume that Zach yeah. immediately knew which one it was when I asked him one time. Yeah. So what? what's the deal? What's the deal with Ben Riley? Well, as John's alluding, he's no clone of Peter Parker. He's like a black college student. Yeah, he's so why'd they Peter. name him this? I don't understand it. Uh, I don't either, man. So the thing about the Ultimate Universe is technically they can just do this sometimes. They can just say a character who's clearly not well, that Zach, character. Well, Zach, this is America. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> right. Maybe there will be a Ben Riley later who's a clone of Peter Parker, but this is just a different guy with the same name, and it's a big coincidence. I wonder if this came out before or after any of the stories like where Ben Riley was like a Spider-Man. After, 100%. There were why, no why stories. Why would they do this? this there were no, any- never any stories where Ben Riley was just an ordinary dude, and there certainly were never any stories where he was a black college student. Huh. I didn't think this guy was a student either. I actually thought he was like a a, a worker there. Like another he's professor? Like a, yeah. Well, I he seems he's... like he's like Connor's partner, kind of. I took it to be like maybe he's like a grad student or something, because he does come in in a backpack. Yeah. He also looks like he's like 40. <laughs> See, I couldn't tell. Zach, I carry a backpack around at school. <laughs> I I thought he looked young, so okay. I guess his role at the school is unclear, but he does work with Connors somehow. He's in the lab coat. He's got a badge. Yeah, he's either a grad student or he's 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 like a partner of some kind. Yeah. So the uh, the security guard tells him that uh, Doc Connors checked into the lab around eleven the night before, but never checked out. And Ben's like, okay, I'll see what's going on. And he walks into the lab and finds Connors sleeping at his table. And Ben looks into the microscope in front of Connors and sees the blood that Connors was analyzing. And Dr. Connors wakes up startled and the two men start talking. And Ben Riley asks him what was on that microscope slide. And Connors just gets jumpy and immediately tries to say it's nothing. And Ben isn't convinced and doesn't take the hint and keeps asking questions about it. And finally, Connor says he's not ready to talk about it yet. And he needs Ben to not mention it to anyone. And Peter is at home watching TV when he gets a call from Connors asking if they can meet. And at first, Peter says he can't because he's sick. But Connors insists and says it's important. So they meet up at a diner and Connors tells Peter that he looked at his blood. Do you do you think that um okay, so let's sorry, I, I always derail us, I feel like, but do you think that we see Peter, he's watching TV on the couch, he's homesick, 
Oh, maybe this this is a good time to derail us even further. Zach, what did you do when you were a kid and you were homesick? I mean, it depended on if I was actually sick or if I was faking. If I was faking, I, I would I'd watch TV, I'd play video games, I'd yeah. play with my dog. If I was actually sick, I'm pretty much just sleeping. I feel like I remember watching bad TV like Peter's doing all day. It was always like Wheel of Fortune or like soap operas were the only things on in the middle of the day. You and know I remember I've... and I remember always being like this is terrible. This isn't even worth being home. Right, cuz they don't play the good stuff during the day. Yeah. Well, so okay, this is what I was actually going to say. So, we see Peter watching TV. He's in a red shirt with a blue blanket on. Spider-Man colors for those that don't know. And then in the next page when he's meeting Dr. Connors, he's in a red coat with a blue shirt. Is do you think he is consciously dressing in Spider-Man colors or do you think most of his wardrobe is just red and blue or 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 what you know obviously we know he's Spider-Man so we're like he's in Spider-Man colors but I feel like he wouldn't always just dress in Spider-Man colors I get what you're saying I'm going to I'm going to take it a step back even further and let's think about this kind of in a meta way the colorist for these issues don't you think they would get tired of always working in red and blue if they're on a spider-man book why would they when they can choose the color of a t-shirt and a jacket why would they make it red and blue that's true i wonder if they chose that or if they were told that i feel like if they have creative control over anything the color of clothes would be it so you think the colorist is always like I'm going to put him in red and blue because he's Spider-Man. <laughs> I think they might have done it this time. I think yeah. I think the colorist is probably more conscious of the red, blue Spider-Man dynamic in like street clothes than most readers are. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I just thought of it. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. So Connors tells him he's been looking at that blood he left on the table last night. And, um... He tells him uh, his DNA is special and could be the key to a breakthrough in the field of genetics. And he asks uh, permission to run some tests on Peter's blood sample that he already has. And he says he thinks Peter's blood could be the missing link to uh, stem cell research to cure diseases like cancer and Parkinson's. And Peter kind of perks up and he's like, my dad was trying to cure cancer. And um, Connor says it would be unethical of him to pursue it without Peter's blessing. So he wants to give him the final say. What a good guy. Yeah. So he's not an evil scientist, we know. Yeah. He's not not a good scientist, but he's at least maybe the only ethical scientist. Why is he not a good scientist? He seems like he's a good scientist. I'm saying he turned himself into a lizard by accident. That's really impressive. That's it's like not a what scientific marvel, okay? You're right, you're if right. Elon Musk turned himself into a lizard, we'd be like, wow, that's cool. What right. a guy. But if he was trying to just make a car <laughs> and he turned himself into a lizard, that's bad science. That's true. That actually reminds me of, there's this like funny panel that, that always like reminds me of Elon Musk, actually, and it's from a Spider-Man comic, and it's like this big pterodactyl, like... Sauron. I don't, okay, and and he's like 
Peter's like yelling at him and he's like, you're so smart and rich. You could do anything. You could cure cancer. And the pterodactyl man is like, but I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. (laughs) And I'm like, that's Elon Musk. (laughs) Truly the most iconic comic book panel of the last 10 years. (laughs) That's amazing. Maybe we'll have to read that issue sometime. Uh, it's not It's not an ultimate issue, unfortunately. It's oh. Spider-Man and the X-Men. Oh, is it? Yeah. Huh. Um, But all this is irrelevant because we know Elon Musk can't turn himself into a lizard because he's already a reptilian. <laughs> and he's a dumbass. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah, good one, John. Um... So yeah, Connors is being a good guy. He's asking Peter's permission for the blood. Uh and not even that he needs more blood. He just wants to work on the blood he's got already. And he tells Peter that whatever fame or fortune comes of this, uh he'll split 50-50 with Peter. And he says they might find nothing of it or it might take years to find something, but they have to try. And then Connors says, "It's almost our responsibility." And Peter perks up at that word, because, you know, of course. And he tells Connors that he's in. Connor seems like genuinely a, like, good guy with the best interests and everything like that. And then there's one panel after Peter says he's in where Connors gives the type of smile that I would expect from, like, a car salesman or something. And is that... (laughs) supposed to be like a slimy smile or is it just supposed to be like a good smile and i'm like maybe reading it i i don't know it's just like do you know what i'm talking about like it's almost like his eye should like twinkle or something when you know he just seems seems a little shady like he's handing someone a pen to sign as he's making that smile i don't think we're supposed to read into it from that one panel that connor's is a bad or shady guy because we haven't been given any indication of that yet okay i just know you and i have been shady salespeople in the past you know so so we know that shady smile (laughs) yeah just kidding zach and i zach and i were good salespeople that's why i didn't make any money (laughs) (laughs) um so we flash forward to two months later. Spider-Man is saving the supervillain Boomerang from getting killed by the Punisher. And he fights the Punisher and eventually webs him in the face so he can't see. And Boomerang, holding a briefcase of money, thanks Spider-Man. Who's and- Boomerang? Can you give us a backstory? Oh, he's just another seamless superhero. Yeah. Okay. A couple years ago, he was um, Peter Parker's roommate. And that was kind of fun. Hijinks in ensued. this in this universe no like in the real universe oh, okay um but yeah uh boomerang uh thanks spidey and offers him 20 grand in cash to swing him away from there and spider-man asks hmm twenty thousand dollars and acts like he's considering it and then of course we turn the next page and we see the police arrive and find the punisher and boomerang webbed up next to each other with spidey (laughs) watching proudly from a nearby rooftop yeah that was funny that was great yeah and did you notice he had like bent the barrels on punisher's guns because so he webbed the guns to punisher's hand 
but bent the barrels so he couldn't actually fire the guns. I didn't notice that. But yeah. I I do notice that Punisher is about as webbed up as you can get. This is like one step from just like torture or like suffocating the Punisher with webs. I mean, he is completely covered in webs on his face. Imagine how awful it is when you walk through a spider web. That, I mean, this is just, he's just covered. And by contrast, Boomerang has almost no webs on him. Like, Spidey was not the least bit worried about this guy getting down and causing problems. Yeah. (laughs) The Punisher's a serious threat, but Boomerang, you can kind of conserve your webbing on. Yeah. Um... Peter realizes that he got cut deep across uh, his shoulder blades. And again, he goes to Doc Connors to stitch him up. And Connors tells uh, Peter he got a research grant because of what they're working on. And Peter asks if he can see it, what they're working on, not the money. And Connors says yes, but some other time because he has to run to meet his kid for dinner. So that's cool. We kind of get the indication that like, his career's going better and maybe his family life is going better too. He gets to see his kid. Um, and Peter does, starts, does, does he though? Some, something about this kind of also made me think Connors might not be being, I like, I like her Connors. I want him to be like a good guy. And I, I love this like relationship that they have where like he patches Peter up and, and you know, but Something about this in this panel, he says, he's telling Peter that they did the research and Peter's like, cool, can I see? And then Connors doesn't say, yes, you can. He says, um, yes, you can. And then we see him like turn and kind of like he's nervous and he says, but can we do it tomorrow? My kid. Oh, I I don't know. Is he being honest about going to see his kid? Or is he trying to get Peter to leave? I don't We're know. Just asking the questions here. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't know. I'm just. That's. I'm just reading into it. I'm like, hmm. I guess that's something to look out for moving forward because we're not going to get the answer in this issue. Yeah. Um. So Peter starts to apologize and promise it won't happen again. And Connors asks him, "Did you get that injury while saving someone's life?" And Peter says, yeah. And Connor says, then don't worry about it. Least I can do. And Peter smiles, masks up, and swings out of the skylight in the roof. And once he's gone, Connors goes into another room of the laboratory and starts talking to Ben Riley about their experiment. And, and not only that, but even as he's like going in, he's like drawn in kind of a shady way. You know, he's like... His back is turned like he's like looking at the door and then he's drawn like completely in shadow as he's like walking into the next room. Like that's how villains get drawn before they walk into a room. You yeah. Know? And I'm, I'm also realizing the the room that he was in with Peter, it has that skylight um, window and it feels like it's like a naturally lit environment. And then he goes into the other room and it looks like a cave. It's like very dark. Yeah. Hmm. Just asking the questions. Yeah. It's interesting storytelling, to say the least. 
And we see inside a tube, uh, surrounded by bubbling liquid, what looks like a red fetus with fire inside its eyes, mouth, and veins. What is what is this nonsense? Well, John, you said you wanted to see Carnage. I think this might be... The- that is a little, like, molten baby. Yeah, it's like fetus Carnage. Somehow Eddie Brock is going to come back into this, right? Dude. He was like a baseline human that got absorbed by Venom. So you don't think he is? Or... or- in the previously, it specifically mentioned the fight with Eddie. In the previously, like, what? At the start of this issue, if you read the previously, it's like Spider Man got in a big fight with his old friend Eddie Brock and blah, 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 blah. So, based on that, it made me think that Eddie will somehow become this carnage. But this is like, they're like spawning. The, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it is interesting, you know. Gen- generally, good scientists aren't creating things that look like this. So Kurt Connors is, like I said, he's being a little shady here. Um, you know, maybe he's keeping some. This seems like he's keeping some stuff from Peter. I don't think that Peter would be very happy if he walked into this room and saw what they were brewing. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, obviously, there's there's just like inherent connections from Carnage to Venom, aside from like they're practically the same thing. It's just, they decided to make one a little bit scarier and worse. Okay. Um, so, but also think about like how the venom arc played out. Most of it took place in this exact same lab that we're in. Yeah. With Connors as like a major player. So it's was almost Connors like, a, was Connors a player in the, in the, in the venom storyline? He was Eddie Brock's professor. And he found out that Peter was Spider-Man and he was working with Brock on the the goo. Hmm. Okay. So I think even if Eddie doesn't show up, this is the spiritual successor to that story arc. Okay. Okay. This little baby thing looks gross. It's creepy. I want to stomp on it. It is. It's creepy. And, and yeah, I would love to watch you stomp on it. You can tell it could fit in the palm of your hand and also probably kill you at the same time. Yeah, it's got like weird mouth and eyes that it, it, yeah, it's just it's a weird one. Literally fire in its veins. So, uh, do you have a rating system on this one? I do, John. So, out of 10 trips to a doctor of genetics with a first aid kit when really what Peter <laughs> needs was a trip to the ER. <laughs> what do you give it? Um, I am going to give this one a Seven out of ten trips to a genetics doctor when I should have gone to the ER. With a first aid kit. With a first aid kit, yeah. We glossed over it, but in one of these issues at some point, Connors is like, you know I'm not that type of doctor. (laughs) And Peter's like, well, you're better than my high school girlfriend. It It is funny to be like, Peter got shot this week. He got stabbed this week. You know, all this stuff is happening, but but he's fine. We just patched him up. And then it's like, Peter was swinging in the rain too long and he's out of commission. Okay. He's not feeling well. His body has super healing, but not against the common cold. 
dude can take a beating from the Sinister Six and be in class the next day, but yeah. <laughs> being in the rain too long. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to leave your Spider-Man in rice if he gets submerged in water. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. I liked it significantly more than what, the last what, one. Tell me what you liked more about it. Um, Well, as creepy as the carnage baby is it was a hell of a cliffhanger hell of an ending oh yeah i don't even if you don't think connor's is intentionally being shady even if you think he's like a good guy who still thinks he's curing cancer or whatever you can see why there's like a side of him that wants to maybe hide this thing well that's i think he is a good guy here are my thoughts on connor's and you know we'll we'll know how right they are by the next couple issues, I'm sure. I think he is a good guy, but he is also intentionally being shady because he doesn't want Peter to know what's going on, which doesn't make any sense because his whole thing about asking Peter for his permission in the first place was to let him know what's going on. So if he wasn't going to tell him anyways, then why ask him in the first place? You know, it's almost like he did it to absolve himself of guilt, but then you would think doing right by peter would be like as you go through the steps of creating this thing you're like hey peter this is what it looks like now hey peter yeah i don't know the medical application for this but we might be making a monster keep getting like renewed consent to continue experimenting when it's looking more likely that it's gonna go bad yeah and and he's no longer like when when he's like, hey, we made some progress on the experiment thing, by the way. And Peter's like, oh, cool. Can I see it? And it looks like a baby molten monster. And you're like, maybe another time. I've got to run out real quick. Probably you're intentionally being shady at that point. Because <laughs> that's something that as soon as that thing formed, you probably want to pick up the phone and make a quick call to Peter. And be like, you should come look at this. Yeah. The progress he's speaking of is that the Antichrist grew arms today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. And I'm glad I at least knew the C-list villain in this one. Because yeah. he's the only one who has a boomerang. So I'm seeing, now that I'm looking at the dates, th- we're now in 2004. July of 2004 in, in these issues. And this started, this run started in 2000. Is that correct? So this run yes. has been going on for a while. I mean, we, it, it doesn't seem like it because we've only been covering it for, you know, what, four or five months. When did we start doing this? The new January. year. Yeah. So about eight, eight or Ten nine months. months. Ten months next week. And we filmed some in December. Well, not nine months. No. Because we haven't done the 10th month. Okay. All right. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Zach, I don't make the rules on math. That's just okay. how it works. <laughs> okay. Math is math. Don't, don't get exasperated with me. <laughs> All right. Whatever you say, Mr. Smart Guy. <laughs> um, but yeah. So what were you saying about? No, it's just it, it's <laughs> this is cool. You know, it's been going on for four years. So they have really built this whole like universe. I mean, it's been. They've got four years of readership going on at this point. Like, that seems like a feat of its own. That's pretty yeah, impressive. Absolutely. God knows no ongoing comics these days last that long. Everything gets rebooted the second sales dip. Yeah. Um. Also, I think it's interesting 
that in the comic it says two months later. And we, if you remember, yeah. we just had a time jump at the end of the last arc because it said like three months later or four months later or something for the Spider-Man movie to come out. So theoretically, oh, yeah. we've just jumped like anywhere from like five to seven months in the story in maybe three issues. So Peter and MJ's relationship should be really strong right now because theoretically they've been dating for five to seven months with no hiccups that we've right. seen. He and Gwen and, and Gwen has known about it all this time and Kong might be a movie star at this point. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot should have happened. There should have been a lot of adventures that we maybe missed. Um, and I'm just going to say the timeline does not stay perfect. By the end of this series, you'll hear some things where you're like, wait a minute, that couldn't have happened. He's been Spider-Man way longer than that. Huh. So we're going to get them at some point. Oh, we're absolutely going to get them. Okay, good. I love it when we get them. Yeah. Anyways, we uh, we done with these issues? Yep, I don't have anything else on them. They were, they were both pretty good. I'm excited for next week. We're, yep. we're actually going to get to see Carnage, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Let's see how much you like it when you finally get them. Yeah. Um, so next week we're in Ultimate Spider-Man 62 and 63. Do you have any extra stuff for me or the listeners today, Zach? <sighs> you know, I wish I did. I was thinking about the fact that this is our 40th episode and maybe we should have had something like special prepared. Maybe when we get oh, to we'll 50. Do a, we'll do it for the 50th. <laughs> yeah, 50 seems more important. Yeah. You got anything, John? Um, I have something very small. I have been getting into chess recently, Zach. Do you play? Really? I don't. I never learned. I've just been like really liking it. Like all of my free time. Not not that makes it sound too much, but but I'm just like always checking the chess app, you know, and trying to play with people and and you know, I have some friends who are playing. So so I was going to tell the listeners if anyone wants to download the chess.com app and beat me up in chess then you can my username is j-o-p-a-t-18 j-o-p-a-t-18 and i'd love to play some with some of our web heads here on chess i i did just play against a seventh grader earlier this week and i beat up on him pretty good that's awesome you always play like a thinking man's game, like chess, golf, you know, you're you're on like a bigger brain wavelength. Yeah, very than cerebral. Me. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. I'll take that as a <laughs> Zach in his free time just stares aimlessly at the TV, making that face that like Patrick Starr makes when he's not doing anything. Just like, oh. <laughs> All right, powering no, just off. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. Well, well, maybe you should learn how to play. That'd be fun. I, I kind of want to, but also I'm like scared that I'm going to be a grown man who loses to a middle schooler in chess. Dude, I was very close to 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 being that person because this seventh grader had me on the ropes after about ten moves, and then. You know, he's just started blundering a couple pieces, and I, I put him away pretty quickly. But yeah, blunder, sure. Zach. That's a chess term, by the way. Blunder. Oh, really? That's a chess term. That is a chess term. Yeah, that's when huh. you just lose lose a piece without 
without getting anything back. You just like move your piece and you don't notice that it's about to get taken. That's a blunder. Interesting. I'm sure yeah. you've seen The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. It's a few years old yes. now. Yeah. yeah. Did you know they made a board game for The Queen's Gambit that is not chess? <laughs> That's I, I think I did hear about that when it happened. And that is so funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> I love the the toy company that was like, okay, what if we made a game based on the Queen's Gambit? What would that game look like? You know, it's almost smart because I actually wanted, like, just as a meme, just as a joke to have, like, on my game bookshelf. So people could see it and be like, oh, what do we want to bust out tonight? How about the Queen's Gambit, anyone? The Queen's Gambit. <laughs> That's awesome. That would yeah. be fun to play, just to yeah. see what it is. But, you know, the Queen's Gambit was like, the, when I was watching that, was like my moment where I was like, yeah, I really want to get into chess because they made it look so cool. That's when I first got back into it a couple of years ago, and then some videos started showing up on my YouTube again, and I was like, oh, man, I've got to get back into this. I've got to become better at this game. You know what I've been getting into lately that makes me feel like a mature old man? what i really like architecture and i never realized it but like specifically like high rises and skyscrapers i just think are so cool and interesting and so today at work i i probably spent three or four hours just going through the wikipedia rabbit hole on new formalism in skyscrapers hmm i have kind of a fun fact about a skyscraper if you and the listeners would like to hear it I definitely would. Okay, so Elizabeth and I went to Australia for our honeymoon last year, which you you probably know that, or you know I've probably told you that. So there is a big new building. I think it's called like the Crown Sydney. You can Google that. It's called Crown Sydney, and oh wow, you can see. Yeah, it's very cool looking. Here's what makes it interesting. There is a. I don't I won't say it's a law in Australia, but there is a, you know, we'll say unwritten rule that no skyscraper is allowed to cast a shadow on the Sydney Opera House. And the this the way that building is built and the size of it, if they just built a normal skyscraper, it would cast a shadow on that building. So you can see it's like kind of warped and it looks kind of cool it also has something on the outside of it the material that it's made of that reflects light in a certain way that it does not cast a shadow like a normal building does oh so even though it should cast a shadow on the opera house because of how it's built it doesn't that is I'm not really an architect, cool. but I know I yeah, we we were we were in there and they were telling us about that and I'm like that's so cool like yeah. that they've managed to figure that out. Okay, real quick, I want to look up have your browser open, look up Pan Pacific Orchard. Okay. These are some places I want to stay when I go to Singapore. That's like my oh, bucket, bucket list trip yeah. that I'm saving up for. Those this place is really new. Really cool. Yeah. And then look up Marina Bay Sands. You've probably seen that one. It's been around longer and it's very famous. 
Marina Bay Sand. Oh my gosh, dude! I've not seen any of these. Oh yeah, that's it's uh, got like the world's. I don't know if it's the where first. Is, but where like, is this? Because that's got something Singapore. that almost looks like the Sydney Opera House right in front of it. Oh, that's with the, the big waves or something. Uh, there's a casino and an um an art museum down below. So both of these are at Singapore. Yes. Oh well, they've got the architecture here because oh yeah. Singapore is amazing. I've wanted to go since I was like in middle school. I did a project about it, and ever since then, like that's just been my my dream spot. I think all I know about Singapore is like in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> that's where like pirates come from. <laughs> yeah, that's not accurate. <laughs> in the Marvel universe, there's a place called Madripoor, which yes, you probably yeah, know of from yeah, Falcon yep. and the Winter Soldier, and it's like the exact same thing. It's like modern day singapore where it's super high tech but it's like where all the outlaws live so yeah like the pirates that's funny yes uh-huh. oh these these look really cool yeah huh. both of those hotels combined cost an arm and a leg but... i was gonna say it's gonna take um it's gonna take a lot of ads from the better business bureau to pay for a stay in those places yeah i'll, the, I'll probably like be there for a few weeks um because you have to be because you'll be jet lagged at least a few days um and i might stay at each of those like one night just to say i did what do you mean are you is this like a plan are you are you and shiloh like going we're trying to we're we're paying off debt and then we're gonna save up for it let's go for a while that was my my goal was that would be my 30th birthday but i don't think i'm gonna make that deadline oh Sometimes I forget that you're like multiple years younger than me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And the passage of time gets us all. And that's just great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You got anything else? Um, let me, let me, uh, search my brain here for a hot second and, and make sure that I don't have anything else. No, I don't think that I do. Yeah. Did what you about do a you? Brain- did you do a brain blast, Jimmy? I did a, I did a brain blast and I've got nothing. <laughs> I'm good. I, I'm i just glad I remembered to mention the Ultimate Spider-Man news again. Me too. That's very cool. Yeah, that, that could end up being, I mean, that could work out very perfectly where um, we might just be able to flow right into that after we finish <laughs> this, if that's what the listeners want. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay, should I, should I send us out? I think so. Okay, thank you to Ian Hickey for the music and Alyssa Seaman for our artwork. And thank you all of our webheads for listening and leaving us a review or a comment. You can always find us, the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere that you can find podcasts. And you can come chat with us and leave us a message on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube, First Read Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast, at Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. And my chess.com name is jopat18. See you next week. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. 
and find a better business anytime at bbb.org.